0: Welcome to I'm Obsessed With This, the Netflix podcast about the shows and films everyone seems to be talking about and why. As usual, we will be having a spoiler-filled discussion on all titles, so please check the show notes for timestamps in case you want to avoid them. I'm your host, Bobby Finger, and I am joined today by Jaya Saxena, writer, editor, and author of Basic Witches, How to Summon Success, Banish Drama, and Raise Hell with Your Coven, and Louis Pitesman, writer and creator of the weekly newsletter, High Drama, which covers theater, housewives, and horror. Hello, you two. Hello. Hi. How's it going? super. Good. Um, it's warming yeah. up outside. It's warming up. Yeah. Every time I start one of these episodes, I'm like, it's a blisteringly cold day and today it's not.
1: It's warm. It's I'm hor- getting allergies. It's, it's horrible. Warm. Yeah. <laughs> allergies
2: and starting to sweat more, which is really, you know, a joy for everyone.
0: And you're drinking <laughs> cold beverages instead of drinking hot java like people often have. As if, as if I would ever drink a warm <laughs> beverage.
1: Uh, I, I should have gotten a java to be on brand. But <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: so we're here to talk about, what are we here to talk about? Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, Selling Sunset, a little Our Planet chat, maybe a little OA chat, mm. and then who knows? It's sort of a grab bag. It's a free-for-all. Great. So many things. What's the last thing you watch that you love? Not counting your homework assignments. Mm. Louis, start with you.
2: Oh, okay, great. I had to think about it. Well, because the last thing that I watched that I loved was uh, Disney's Hercules, Mm -hmm. um, which is (laughs) just, you know, one of those Netflix titles that I... (laughs) Zero to Hero. That I fall asleep. (laughs) I watch a lot of
0: kids' movies before I go to bed. Mm -hmm. Like, I put them on and then I fall asleep. Do you put the sleep timer on?
2: No, I just let it play forever. I mean, (laughs) I've done all the damage I can to my eyes and brain, so... (laughs) Um, But I also have been rewatching Nailed It because it just brings me comfort. Nicole? Yes. I mean mm-hmm. I just I, I, I watch it and it makes me feel better about all of my accomplishments, which are small, but also, you know, people on Nailed It like don't really have a lot of talent and they and they get praised for pulling it together somehow and that's mm-hmm. like all I want is like a very low bar mm-hmm. and to hit that.
0: People on Nailed It don't even follow directions. That's one of they the most shocking things also, about Nailed It.
2: It's like it's like I, I I know that I would be so much worse than they are. Like as bad as they are, I'm like I would be the person who like couldn't even finish mm-hmm. and it makes me think of like when they do back-to-back chef on the bon appetit youtube oh, yeah. channel and i'm always like they say they have no cooking skills but i wouldn't even know where to begin when they like, had I anthony would, on there Wow, well, <laughs> he has cooking skills <laughs> sure he does but i i can like see i would just like be slicing a finger off and be like was that part of it like i don't mm-hmm. know where to yeah. go from here
0: <laughs> what's your favorite hercules song i have a favorite
2: probably i won't say i'm in love okay What? Maybe. what's what, what's that
0: bad is that a bad bad answer no, I don't think it's a bad answer. There are no bad answers when it comes very, to Disney's I'm Hercules. feeling very judged. I just wanted to, you know, but let you express yourself. What's yours? Yourself. Go the distance. Oh, uh, reprise. Mean, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> reprise. Okay, what did you watch that wasn't Disney um, Hercules?
1: I, I recently rewatched The Birdcage. Oh, yeah. um, And I just, I still think it's a classic. I mean, obviously there are things about it that are dated now, mm-hmm. but I'm just like, I love it. All of these performances. I feel like I know Nathan Lane gets like, a ton of the credit because obviously he's incredible, but I think Robin will like his Robin Williams's body language in that movie mm-hmm. is just like amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, forever mad at the sun for being like such an <sighs> asshole. Worst. He's so horrible. He's the so worst. And I'm just like, how are just how are you raised mentally. by like two gay men he's and you're still like, like this? Like Hi, I don't. <laughs> yeah. Hi. Yeah.
0: He's such an asshole. He's such an he's asshole. Also, and then he and Calista Flockhart are supposed to be like 19, 20 years old. Right. He's, a little,
2: he's a little older. She's like
1: she's 21.
2: She's like 18, no, she's, yeah, and, she, yes, they, and they've been And they've been like doing it since she was like, what, 16,
0: 17? It's very <laughs> it's,
2: unsettling. It's like you it's know awful. they're getting divorced
1: immediately. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> In situations
0: like that, I don't, know what, I don't know why movies don't just age them up. Like the movie would still work if they were 25. Right, you the know? movie
1: would still be fine even if it was like he was graduating college. Yeah. And she were, you know, she just were starting. 21, he was 23 or something. Like, it's still young, yeah, but I it's don't like know what she doesn't need know. to be 18.
0: Calista Flockhart. And then she has, like, her, like, like childish haircut and little mannerisms. And it's like, yeah, Calista, she... you're 32. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I know what's <laughs> happening here. She's always been the same age. She's
2: always... Calista Flockhart remains, like, in her early 30s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think a lot about... I just watched it again recently, too. And, like, for the, you know, 5,000th time. Mm-hmm. And I was just thinking about how... The Hank Azaria character is, like, something that is... One of those dated things that you mentioned that I was like would yeah. never would like not fly now. Like mm-hmm. if we're mad about a poo, we probably
0: should be mad about
2: right. I Agador
1: very-
0: Spartacus. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, but also
2: he gets the best him. lines.
0: Mm-hmm. Come on, Gloria.
1: And <laughs> I think my favorite movie, my favorite line of
0: movie is "Come on, Gloria." Or
1: I think I regularly say around the house, uh, "I do not wear shoes because they make me fall down." <laughs> and and it's just such an amazing also like physical gag of him putting on shoes and then trying to Falling open the door down. and just like fully not knowing how to walk.
0: Uh, now I'm trying to think of all the other Agador lines. I love and I maybe number one is when he's talking about how like his father was a shaman his mother was a high priestess and then Robert Williams is like well then why did they move to New Jersey and and he goes I don't know they're so stupid (laughs) 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 they're so stupid uh while so we're gonna end the podcast here and just watch the bird (laughs) cage together um I my my answer to this question I've already said go the distance reprise. Um, (laughs) I, too, watched Birdcage in the past six months for sure. I've been watching Our Planet. Have like two episodes left. It's so sad. <laughs> have either of you watched so, it? No, it's but it's but beautiful.
2: It, it's but it's like it's like you know your standard documentary, but with the reminder that everything's dying. Yeah, and we're gonna right. die. Soon. Which
0: Planet Earth didn't really have. Planet Earth made suggestions or allusions to the fact that like things aren't that great, buddy. But and like they
1: had like extras at the end that was like, oh, how we filmed this and stuff yeah. that like I think was more explicit about that. Yeah, but the but, this sh- one's but like... the
0: documentary itself sort of like skirted the issue, and this is fully what it's about. It's not the most optimistic Mm -hmm. look at things, but it's still, like, gorgeous. It's like, oh, look at this, like, gorgeous mating ritual between these two beautiful birds. And then it's like, by the way, their habitat's on the outs. Good luck. I
2: I just feel like nature documentaries are going to get, like, sadder and sadder and and, Mm -hmm. and bleaker and bleaker. And and eventually we're going to have, like, just it'll be a Sarah McLaughlin song and then just a montage of all the animals that are extinct now. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, let's basically... Our Planet heading, 2. Maybe Our toward. Planet 3. <laughs> yeah. If we make it to Our Planet 3, I mean, that, that's pretty optimistic. Our
0: Planet 2, if this one took, like, four or five years... Yeah. Our Planet 2 seems... Likely. Yeah. yeah. You know. Our we'll, Planet Three. We'll see. Our yeah. Planet Three, they might have to rush out of production. <laughs> and they're <laughs> like <laughs> and they're like they're like, We got six months, call Sarah in. Yeah. Have her do have her do a reimagining of mirror ball in its entirety and then like let's no, but it's just, the one, it's
1: like the commercial with all like the sad dogs looking yeah, at you. It's, like except except it's sad eyes. every single animal <laughs> on Earth. <laughs> There's like,
0: I mean, it is, our planet is wonderful and everyone listening should absolutely watch it mm-hmm. just because it takes you to the place that planet it takes you. Like it's just yeah. like beautiful nature documentaries. But the scene that best describes how bleak this documentary is it involves these walruses who need to get to water, but they're, like, trapped on land, and they fling themselves off cliffs, <sighs> desperately trying to get back in the oh, water. Oh, my God. And they don't always make it. Do they make, make it. it? Oh, okay. no! Oh, no no. So I'm going to
2: like, turn it off when that like, happens and then just assume that they assume all made that they it. it. But,
0: then huh. Lewis, there's cute penguins, and there's cute, like, there's these cute fish in coral reefs that aren't bleached, you know? Like, right. Trying to eat some beautiful <laughs> sea urchins. Like, a lot of it is, you know... of it a solid 80% is like I love the world
2: it's just a show that I know that I would watch like at Mm 1am obviously completely sober and I (laughs) feel like it's like would send me into like an existential crisis yeah which I'm you know happens regardless but a really bad one
0: but you know what it's an existential crisis that we all need to have you're right you're
2: right I, I, I'm i convinced I now believe in climate change. <laughs> <laughs> I was not so sure. You
0: needed David Attenborough to tell you. I
2: need him to tell me everything. He's a very soothing voice. The
0: other thing I wanted to mention is that Netflix now knows me so well that every time I open it up, it's like, Watch Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants one and two, and I'm like, <laughs> I will <laughs> table this.
2: I, w- oh, I will say just really quickly. I got an Oculus Go, which is a you know oh, th- the th- VR headset. Yeah. Um, because can you watch I, on that movies because I'm unemployed and do things like that, uh, <laughs> impulse buy things that are expensive. But you can you can watch. There's a Netflix app, right? And so you put it on, and you're sitting in like a living room and like a like a mountain lodge. And, like, you could see out the window and, like, you're watching on a big screen TV. And, like, for me, cool. someone who lives in a studio apartment with no TV, it's, like, a dream.
0: Wait. It makes Th- it seem like you are in... You're in a- You're, you're a- in
2: someone else's home and you're watching on the big screen TV. Does oh. it
0: sort of... Are, I'm, I'm, like... I should have brought it. We could have all watched together. Does the screen sort of mimic the feel of an actual big screen TV? For Does sure. it feel like yes. you're watching?
2: Yes. There are other apps for, you know, other streaming services I, I won't mention um, that have, like, a movie theater like, where you're watching in a movie theater. And it, it's crazy because you logically know you are, like, watching on a tiny screen. Uh-huh. But you... You can look around. Our like, brains are stupid. Our yeah. brains are yeah. dumb as hell. And you can look around and see this entire this giant screen. But yeah, the Netflix one is great. It, the only problem is that like the ch- the, the whole thing is that, like the charge lasts like two hours, so you have to like constantly can you plug be yourself in. It. No, because it heats up, and I've been told it can explode <laughs> in your face. And like of all the things that could explode <laughs> in your face like between the between the jewel and my Oculus like one of them's going to explode and I'm hoping it's like This my is mouth why and we're not, not going to get an R planet too. <laughs> right. Everyone's face is going right. to explode right. with something everyone's, before
1: Everyone's then.
0: charging their devices. It's getting but this like worth, these chemicals like, all over the But like, worth
2: it because I get to pretend I have a big screen TV in my apartment. That's, and I definitely don't. That's and, amazing. And a couch to sit on. I don't have a couch either. So there's a lot going on. That the, is wild. Can you choose: the living room,
0: or does it have to? No, be this like there are not.
2: You can. There's like some. You can change the lighting.
0: Okay. But. Um, <laughs>
2: But some of the apps, you can change the weather outside. It's oh, so it's oh so weird. God. It's very I love this. it's very strange and obviously w- worth the money that I shouldn't have spent on it. So <laughs> well, shout great. out to the Netflix app. On I mean, Oculus. it's very.
0: I mean, what what you are describing is so dystopian. I don't have a couch or a TV, but I buy this thing and it makes me feel like I do. Yeah, this and is it's just like Ready Player One, right? Exp- this
2: exactly. Is the- well, yeah. I mean, I was reading reviews. People were like. In the future, like we won't even need movie theaters. We could all just like watch stuff by ourselves, virtually in a movie theater. And I was like, "This is so dark, and you don't even realize how dark it is." And also, I do get creeped out when I'm watching scary movies on it because I'm always worried I'm going to turn and someone's going to be sitting next to me, mm-hmm. which isn't. Or you'll take off
0: the goggles and someone. Someone's it. in well, front that's, of
2: you. That's, that's that's more realistic.
0: But enough about the real world. I. <laughs> Let's move on to a fantasy world. Let's move on to. Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Yes. Jaya, you watched it. Yes. You're a witch expert. Explain, tell the audience why you know so much about witches.
1: Oh, um, well, <laughs> uh, because I was like, I don't know, a goth preteen. Uh, <laughs> that's sort of how it happens. Yeah, I'm, I'm the author of Basic Witches, so it's something that has always interested me. I definitely practice, you know, witchy things in my life. Mm-hmm. One of the main interesting things to me about this show is that I think the modern understanding of witchcraft is that there is not one Strict practice of it, mm-hmm. you know it's a very individualized spirituality, and the people who call themselves witches do a million different things. so the fact that she is a witch in this one like basically satan worshiping extremely heteronormative cult mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> is i I think you know the backlash that the show has gotten mm-hmm. from a lot of witches has been a lot because of that. it's like, whoa. You're out here eating babies, and, <laughs> and there is the literal devil that is a goat with, like, huge horns walking on his hind legs yeah. coming into things. It's like, okay, you took this literally in a way <laughs> that, like, not a lot of people... And, I mean, like, there is that sort of practice out there. But, mm-hmm. yeah, they, they just went with one very specific thing.
0: That was the most surprising thing to me about it. Like, when yeah. I started the first, the first half of the season, I was like, oh, this is the devil, yeah. I didn't realize that. Especially, yeah. like, this has nothing... Like, Melissa Joan Hart would be out of her mind in this universe. Like, yeah, Like, she would exactly. have no idea what's going on. It's Caroline like, Ray here. Like, who could imagine Caroline? This would not Caroline? work. <laughs> and it's
1: like, this is the devil. This is Lilith is in there. Mm-hmm. It's, like, extremely, like, biblical devil witchcraft mm-hmm. sort of stuff, which is just... Yeah. I've watched the whole show, and I still don't know if it's good or if I like it. Okay. Like, I kept watching. hmm and I kept being interested, but then people ask me like, "Did you like it?" I'm like, "No clue." Don't you feel I like do.
2: that's? I feel like that's such a common thing with like peak TV, and yeah. I think I think a lot of it is that like there's just so much, and I'm con- I just watch so much. It's like kind of how like during theater season I see like a show every night, and it's like it all kind of blurs together, and it's hard for me to like figure out what I actually like what, what my favorites were, or, like what I really love. because right. Just you're, you're just taking in so much. Yeah. And you're binging like so much
0: sabrina at once
2: yeah
1: absolutely um and
0: everyone is so and the other thing about peak tv is that like there's so much of it but everyone's really good at it now so like everyone involved so it's like your 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 production team your your cast like every show looks great like if Mm -hmm. you put in if you put in the time you will have a show that looks great that has a great cast in it and that is well structured to the point where like you can like we talked about this a few weeks ago where I watched all of Umbrella Academy, and I don't really think I liked it much, but I you kept going because yeah. I was like, "This has a structure that is like appealing to me." Yeah, and so it's like you just keep going, and then the ending, fortunately, was pretty was pretty good. And you're like, "Okay," oh, cool. and then if the ending works, then you kind of feel okay, yeah. dealing with the rest of it, yeah. Right. Do you think Kiernan Shipka makes a, a convincing witch?
1: I do. I think she's really good at it. I think she does get the good Sabrina mentality of like being a little bit conflicted. You know, yeah, definitely different from Melissa Joan Hart, but I like the character. It's like she's you know she's sort of hard headed, she keeps trying to figure things out on her own and fight against people, and then sort of not realizing the enormity of what she might be up against. Mm-hmm. All her outfits are really cute <laughs> <laughs> like it, they are very, very important cute. <laughs> aspect of this mm-hmm. show is that everyone looks cute yeah, no i think I think she's definitely convincing okay it's such a funny world, like the whole town and everything that they've set up in there is like
0: well yeah that's yeah. what's interesting to me about it it's that this is like technically in the archie universe so right. it's like you've got this like actual the archie show about cinematic universe. the archie yeah. cinematic universe the show about literal, satan, literal um, satan in the same universe where you know archie got hot
1: and any if anything i would love for this show to be more horny in a way that Riverdale yes. mm-hmm.
0: is. It could definitely be hornier. That's true. I think
1: I... I want a good combination of the two shows. I think I want the the slight absurd horniness of Riverdale. Mm-hmm. But I do appreciate, like, the darkness and, like, some of the stuff that they're going for yeah. in Sabrina.
0: I don't think it becoming more like Riverdale is out of the question. I right. feel like you have to introduce, like, this... Character as this like independent, strong like yeah. give Kieran and Shipka like a chance to shine, yeah, and like let's introduce you to like what this Sabrina is because it's it is dark and it is sort of fucked up, yeah, and then now that she's established in season two, it can get a little hornier. Yeah.
2: I do, well, I do think also that like it's Riverdale's become. Are you, are you do either of you watch Riverdale? I stop. Yeah. I, I stopped Riverdale. Watch it. Like Riverdale has become so much darker and like weirder. And, like, I mean, Archie got attacked by a bear and then a bunch of nuns (laughs) committed suicide. (laughs) But But there was a mass suicide of fake nuns. Um, And also there...
1: Don't worry, not real nuns. Okay, (laughs) not real nuns.
2: Okay, okay. okay. It is reaching heights of absurdity that I can't quite, like, articulate. But I think that, like, the selling point for me with Sabrina was that, like, oh, it's, like, this darker version of Riverdale. But Riverdale, I think, has actually become at least as dark as Sabrina. I mean, there's not as much, like, sacrifice of humans, but... It's like pretty much there. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if I don't see them as much of a distinction anymore.
1: Yeah, that's true. I think the weird thing too about Sabrina is right, like right now she is still living in this back and forth between her like normal. Person school mm-hmm. and, like, the witch school that right, she goes right, right. to. And so and it's like, it seems like they've really had to stretch, like, why she is still involved in, like, the real world or, like, why she decided to go to the witch school full time. Um, but they still have these plot lines with, like, her normal friends, um, which is cool but then it's like, this feels like a totally different show mm-hmm. now, like over here with what Harvey is doing. And, and yeah, it's, it's like hard, Harry
2: to,
0: Potter it's hard to find in that Hogwarts. balance. Yeah. 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 It's like but Harry I mean, Potter was stayed in Hogwarts right. for his time. Like he wasn't going back and forth on the weekends. You yeah. Know yes. But saying? like we, yeah, it's like
1: <laughs> Harry Potter world. But then there was still a chapter of like, we knew it. Dursley was doing (laughs) right (laughs) (laughs)
2: but it's so hard to find that balance with like with teen shows that are supernatural like any Mm. sort of genre show because it's like or even something like Riverdale not to keep harping on Riverdale but we're (laughs) in the same universe but right after Archie got attacked by a bear and died um, and then came he wasn't fully dead but he like basically died he was mostly dead um, then in the next episode, literally the next episode, he's like, oh my God, I forgot the SATs. And like, that's that's a big plot point. He has to, like, he has to study for the SATs. And you're like, how do you care about this? Mm-hmm. And like, you know, Buffy always kind of struggled with that too. It's like, how do you do the real life problems? Yeah. And also the supernatural, which is often a metaphor. Right. But like, how do you find that balance so it doesn't feel like, why do we care about school? Yeah.
1: And I think the weird thing is like having physically the two locations yes. of like her needing to be in like the non-witch school and the witch school, mm-hmm. wherever it is is a magic plays out by the train tracks. <laughs> um but Same then yeah there was like an episode where she brings her witch boyfriend to like normal school prom. Right. And you're just like I mean I guess <laughs> yeah but <laughs>
0: I was I was actually going to make the the comparison to Buffy cuz I never watched yeah. it and I in my mind and what I know about Buffy I was like this show has more in common with Buffy than it does with the there's original lot- super- than anything yeah. really. I think
1: there's a lot of it that definitely feels like Buffy. I think, you know, Buffy gets to be more grounded in the quote unquote real world because, Mm -hmm. right, it's like taking place at the school, her family is like normal rather Mm -hmm. than her family also being a family of like vampire hunters that she needs to like choose to go Mm -hmm. live amongst. So I think there's like more natural expectation where it's like if she was sent to vampire hunter school and didn't have to take the SATs, then it's like, well... Like yeah. yeah, you could just go do that.
2: <laughs> Buffy did not do well on her SATs. No. <laughs> um but better than expected. I I think that there's like a lot of thematic similarities. I yeah. think the kind of choice between trying to be a normal teenage girl and having these like huge like impossible to conceive of like like obligations to some sort of Yeah. you know not higher power, like a, like a, some, whatever. Higher purpose. Higher, higher yes, purpose. Like mm. some sort of destiny thing happening. Literally the devil. Literally. Right. The devil, <laughs> the devil, the watchers, like there's, you know, there's similarities there. Also like Sabrina was kind of toying with the monster of the week thing, which I think is really hard for shows now because especially shows on Netflix, which you're meant to watch like in binge in, in binging sessions. form, you kind of like, they're much more serialized. They're kind of like longer movies cut into chunks. And so it was a little bit jarring in Sabrina when they had a monster of the week episode with the, like the, demon who made them have nightmares. Like, the, was it a demon or... Yeah. There was a nightmare. It was a very classic, like, every genre show has done this episode. Yeah, it was like mm-hmm. a
1: sleep demon okay. that, like... But,
2: yeah. Right. And it was like, Buffy had that episode, two of them, Um, uh, which... But I, I thought it, like, it was fun and it made me think of Buffy. I just think it's hard to find that balance between serialized storytelling and those, like, episodic sort of standalone episodes. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I think there is, like, a, like a happy medium. And I think that, like, I think serialized storytelling is great. I wish that more showrunners didn't treat their shows like a movie that has, like, just has cuts every, like, you know, 45 minutes Mm -hmm. to an hour.
1: But, right, it's, like, there's still a difference of, like, this is a show and there are things that you can do with a TV show that you can't do with a movie and, it's like, to highlight those sorts of things.
2: So, I want to ask you as, like, a witch expert, (laughs) because I think it's, like, interesting, a lot of, like, you know, obviously there are a lot of stories about, like, um, witches who are persecuted but are actual witches and, like... You know, when we think about, like, the Salem Witch Trials, like, they probably weren't witches. They probably were women who Mm -hmm. were just, you know, murdered. And so, like, is there, like, any sort of, like, contention? Like, is that, like, an issue for people that, like, to tell the stories that way? That's usually the dominant story now. I mean,
3: I think a lot...
1: For me personally, I think those two things combine a lot, right? It's, like, how much is witch... Uh, an identity that you take on yourself and how much of it is like something that you are accused of being Mm -hmm. but also like what you're accused of being is some like a woman who doesn't follow any of like the rules society has laid out for you so I think like regardless of whether the women in Salem or anywhere else were actually practicing witchcraft and there was like one or two where they were like oh we found like you know a spell sort of thing that you were doing and were upset about that to me, like those two things feel very close still because it's like, well, you were still like I don't know maybe a woman who was single and not Christian, mm-hmm. right. and that's like you know that's enough. <laughs> yeah, that's enough. I guess <laughs> it would be a, it
2: would be pretty boring if like all the witch shows they're like they're not really witches. People just think they are. People mm-hmm. just yeah exactly.
1: Yeah. Sabrina obviously is on the the far end of that. It's <laughs> sure. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, No. She, literal she wrote devil her worshipers. name in blood into the book of the mm-hmm. devil and
2: <laughs> who among us. Do you think the show would have worked if um, Salem were still a talking cat, preferably, oh. preferably with the same voice from the, from the original? I think they, there's a way to make. I him think work. about this all the time, and I'm like, I kind of want to see that version of the show, even though like it would be a tonal mess. I would of like Salem. Yeah. I just want to see like what that looks like.
0: He could just like punctuate things every now and then. He wouldn't have to be as consistent as he was in the original sitcom. Right. But I feel like there's a way to make a talking cat work. Let's move on to another show that's set in a fantasy world. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm so ready. Um, Los Angeles, but specifically The Hills, specifically Sunset Boulevard.
2: They're by, like, Sunset Plaza. That's usually where they keep showing... Let's uh,
0: just call the fantasy world their office. Lewis, you are from Los Angeles. Yes. I would say born and raised. That's, tech, born that, and raised. that's true. Born you and raised. You can't be
2: from Los Angeles and not say you're born and raised there. <laughs> you <have> to <laughs> assert yourself constantly. Yeah.
0: When you watch it, do you do you get homesick or do you watch oh it God, and you feel no, like, I'm so glad not. I'm away from this I'm place? I'm like, thank
2: God I left Los Angeles. No, I, I think that it, you know, I watch a lot of reality TV and much of it is set in Los Angeles, <laughs> and it very rarely captures an experience that I understand. Mm-hmm. I think that like *Selling Sunset* is way more like *The Hills* or like *Beverly Hills Housewives* in a way. Like the only show that's actually captured L.A. in a way that I understand is *Vanderpump Rules* because yeah. they talk about how long commutes are, um, to get to like <laughs> when you have to go to like the West Side. But the, I digress. I, I understand what it's doing, and I think it captures like a version of L.A. that is not. Something that I personally know But that like makes sense to me On a TV show
0: So Selling Sunset is a docu-soap Docu-soap I think that's the the genre that we're using Yes And it um, it, it follows a real estate firm Called the Oppenheim Group it, It's, about, it's about
2: a really handsome Frenchman Named Romain And um, <laughs> the, people, the people surrounding him So I, I guess that's oh te- technically not what it's about But that's how I chose to interpret the show
0: Romaine is the boyfriend of Mary Mary One of the agents Yes
2: Mary is um, There's an age difference Which I am obsessed with She's 38 I she 38 Oh she, she 38 just turned 38, 38. Yeah. Okay. She just turned 38 Wait and how old is Romaine 25, 25. Ooh.
0: He's 25 Ooh. He's which... a hunk And she has a kid And he doesn't want kids for 10 years And she's like Well my kid's already like 12 and... But
2: we don't really know There's a language barrier Because he's very French And like <laughs> we're not He sort of misspoke maybe I'm trying to be on his side here Um, We don't know exactly what he wants
0: Romaine could kill someone you'd be like well we don't really know we don't really know (laughs) we don't really know
2: they're mitigating I mean I just think that he's such a cutie and when you're watching a show like that you're allowed to be really shallow he is my star of the show. It's, it's You've got
0: you've got the two guys who own the Oppenheim Group. These, these two, two these twins. These two twins
2: who are honestly like so
0: forgettable. I don't know which one is which. Bald meathead twins. I don't even remember their names. And Jason, like, uh, I wrote them down. Brett and Jason. But, Brett but, and Jason. But, okay,
1: it's, it's twins and it's not the Property Brothers. Not the Property Brothers. No. They're are, new they're Is new there twins. a they're just, correlation of twins to real estate that we need to investigate? I think we
2: do, actually. <laughs>
0: Maybe. The Property Brothers, though, are really funny because the Property Brothers, just the only reason they landed on real estate, which I feel is true for most people in real estate yeah. the only reason they landed in real estate is because the other stuff they tried failed they and were so you just sort of end some up some there point too, they wanted right? to be magicians they were actors they <laughs> that were that singers so funny. and so it's like whenever that doesn't work and you're pretty good looking you can go into real estate because people want to talk to a good looking person when they buy a house right. It's true. so it's these It's these women they all work at the Oppenheim Group they all sell these houses and it's like you know they're selling this 8 million dollar house so when it shows you the, uh, the exterior and then some like glamour shots of the inside it's like 8.7 million dollars commission you know 100 and sixty three thousand mm-hmm. dollars so it's like commissions are nuts the commissions yeah. are nuts but I'm also sort of like they're only getting a percentage of that commission because the rest of that commission is going to, to the, the open yeah. group and, so yeah. it's what like is how commissions, much commissions
2: though a million dollars like one of them was like over a million yeah but I, I feel it's... like
0: it must be at least like 50-50 and they probably get maybe yeah, even less for sure still it's a lot it's a ton of money so, Yeah,
2: uh, but, the, but the basic like the, the entry point to the show is this character <laughs> who's a real person allegedly um, Chriselle Hartley um, who <laughs> announces herself as being married to Justin Hartley You've probably heard of him. Yeah, he's, um, he's on this. As he's on this. He's on this. Is yes. us, which is a popular show. Um, so it's like you know, a lot of reality shows. You have to. Have, you have like a newcomer come in, and they're like innocent and sweet, and like this. There, there's like this. These horrible vipers that she's like thrown into, mm-hmm. um, who like try really hard to be reality show villains, and like <laughs> it doesn't quite work. It doesn't quite work, but it's like so fun to watch because, again, as someone who watches so much reality TV, you know who's performing and who's trying to get more screen time and who's trying to, like, stir shit up. But the drama is, like, so light and, so, and like, forgettable. Like, they're not really fighting. They're she's... kind of just, like, existing and, and having occasional, like, moments where they bicker. Yeah, so the
0: show follows Chrishell, and she's not very good at her job, and she has this, like, completely whack intro where she's like, as a soap opera star, like, I have a lot of downtime, so, I thought, like I may as well throw my hat in the ring of the real estate world, like and that she's that not way. very good at it, so they all resent her because she comes in and she's not very good at it. She starts like kind of get stealing some of their some of their clients away mm-hmm. sometimes. but all of that seems very manufactured. I don't believe that drama was real to begin with, but Chriselle, do you know why her name is Chriselle? No, because her mom went into labor at a shell gas station, and the attendant who helped them out mm-hmm. was named Chris,
1: oh, my
0: God Chris. Shell.
1: This is the only way babies should be named. <laughs> yes. This is and anything like any bad, other tradition is utter crap. That's a bad where, meme. That's, where, like,
2: that's like where were you con- like where, where were you conceived or where were you born and like who helped mm-hmm. and then that's your name. And hers would be the only one that so remotely sounds, that
0: sounds like a real name. Like yeah, what if absolutely. she had been what if she had been um uh, Barry Chevron Chris Chevron Chris, <laughs> Chris, Chris Exxon. I, I think those are actually great names.
2: Um, Very excellent. But was, mobile. But I <laughs> actually, I love that she's a soap star because there is this tradition in reality TV of like casting from soaps on like reality like dramas yeah. that are supposed to be real. And like it's become more and more of a thing. And I think a lot of that is because the farther we go into like the reality world, the more everyone knows how this works. And it's harder to find genuine, natural people who want to be on these shows and like mm-hmm. make an ass of themselves. And so, you know, Beverly Hills Housewives is like, pretty much all actors now I mean mm-hmm. it's largely people who have an acting background or are still acting like Lisa Rinna or uh or Denise Richards like these are just actors mm-hmm. yeah or I- Eileen Davidson these are like these are soap stars who yeah. like found their way onto housewives. Um, but I was telling Bobby when we were texting about selling Sunset, and then he reminded me to save it for the pod. You, um, <laughs> you, you, you have like also like on Vanderpump Rules, they like cast someone for one season mm-hmm. who was a, who was like a, a soap star, Vale, and they brought her on just to kind of be like, we need some help, like to do something. Like you're mm-hmm. an actor, do something. And Chriselle being a soap star is like so perfect because like. She was clearly hired to kind of like perform this role of like a uh the the ingenue real estate agent
0: mm, who's learning as she goes and it's <laughs> and she's getting better at it she's making her sales. but I find what's interesting is that they throw her into this, and everyone else is doing all the work so like the central drama of the season i i would say is that Mary is dating Romaine mm-hmm. and he's younger and Mary has a lot of money and so Maybe in the third episode of the season, there's only eight. Davina is talking with Chrishell privately and says um, they're talking about their relationship. Mary and Romaine's relationship. And Chrishell is like, does Romaine work? Like, does Romaine pay? She's basically being like.
1: Is he a kept he But 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 is he paying his own own way? Is she
0: paying for everything?
1: Right. In her
2: defense, and this and this is the defense she uses, everyone is kind of like talking around this and being like Everyone I is, don't. Yes. everyone's like, Oh, I don't know, they're moving so fast, like Mary was just crying about him and they now, just gotten engaged. And, oh, okay. and, and, and now he's now he's proposing and now they're getting married, like I don't trust this and so Chriselle is like I don't really get it. Like, is it's he? It's very is he, earnest. Is he like, yeah, she's she's like, yeah. is he like taking her money? Like, what's the what's the story what's here? here? Davina isn't mm-hmm. shocked
0: that Chriselle asked this question. No, right, not at but all. But it becomes this central conflict for the rest of the thing, where Davina decides to start shit, where she's like, Chriselle brought up romaine with me and like thinks it's weird wants to know if you had a prenup and so Mary's like you're talking about me behind my back which is like the lowest level drama yeah. everyone talks about everyone behind everyone's back and then, Mary, and then, Mary, does, yeah, and
2: then back. Mary doesn't care no like, Mary doesn't like, care like Michelle explains herself Mary doesn't care and then Christine who is like trying so hard to be the Stassi it seems like Regina George Christine, oh, Christine, Stassi, Christine, yeah. Christine wants to be Stassi Schroeder so bad she even talks about Adderall I'm like you <laughs> are desperate to be Stassi and she just like starts like she's the only one who actually has like a true reality show like
0: you're a, like you're she's a look too yeah she Ooh. has
2: she definitely she has a look and she's like kind of going off on Chrishell like you're talking about my best friend because mm-hmm. apparently she and Mary are best friends but it's kind of.
0: Changes episode to episode, and she's like, and she's like, "You're my sister. Like, I couldn't be <laughs> in this world without you. Like, shots, tequila, lemon um, drops.
2: <laughs> they're all a little bit older than you think, which yeah. I love. Um, that's my other thing about Vanderpump Rules that I love is that like, yes. they're not in their twenties. They're like all in their mid to late. This 30s. is the thing
1: that I find hilarious about Vanderpump is that they're yeah, they're like thirty eight, right.
2: and it's just like really yeah, right. You're you're still, I mean some like, of
1: the, right, some of them are you know like
2: Stassi just turned thirty, so we're like yeah, you know, but no, but Jax fine. is like fully sixty years old. And yeah. and and you know, I, I mean he says he's forty, but like who believes what Jack says? Mm-hmm. Um but I think that's so fascinating because I do think that like high school behavior absolutely continues. Oh yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it totally does. High school and past your twenties, but I also think it's funny to watch people in their thirties trying very hard to fight for T V. Yeah. Yeah. And
0: everyone on the show is basically doing that except Chriselle and um, Maya. Maya Maya has no idea why she's there. Maya is <laughs> Maya is this Israeli woman who has this really, really thick accent, so sometimes there's a language barrier. It does that really annoying thing that shows do sometimes where it's like the woman who does subtitles sometimes. subtitles, only subtitles sometimes. Yeah. and it's like, I understood her. this is rude. Yeah. You don't need to, you don't need to give Maya subtitles all the time. she's speaking English. But Maya is sort of hovering over the weird drama that's being sorted by Christina and Davina and Mary, even though Mary's only sort of part- partly involved. And Chriselle's responses to the drama are so funny and sort of like they remind me of how I would react if I were in a show like this, where it's like suddenly people are mad at me for talking behind your back. And it's like, why are you screaming at me over Rosé at a restaurant in public? Because (laughs) Chriselle's always sort of like completely bewildered by people being mad at her. Right. Right. And it's like I, I don't watch that much. Bravo. So I'm not sure if this is something common among Bravo shows but do you usually have that character who's sort of a stand in for us? There
1: is that and I feel like there's a lot too of the, um, the talking behind someone's back that I've noticed in a lot of these shows is that it started as like oh legit maybe shit talking somebody and now it's just like Having a conversation about someone y- you have in common when they are not there, mm-hmm. which is like there. There's a difference between those two, right? Yeah.
2: <laughs> I do think it's funny that a lot of times it gets framed as concern when it's like Lisa yeah. Rinna saying she is close to death about Kim Richards, and like I'm just concerned about her sobriety. But um, <laughs> but I think that it's it's on this sh- on this show and selling Sunset. It's like so clearly a non-issue. Mm-hmm. Um, but they needed something to talk about because no yeah. one cares about real estate. So like. Yeah. I mean, I I'm truly like. I guess I kind of care, but I don't know. It's not like House Hunters where I can just kind of like put it on and enjoy looking at houses and watch couples kind of hate each other. It's like oh it really God. goes deep on like on these like giant houses that none of us will ever be able to afford. And I'm like, eh. I I did want to I, I I did take a couple notes that I wanted to mention. Okay. Um, I hope we can clear something up. Please. There's this moment when Maya says <laughs> repeatedly. <laughs> The silent of the lamb. The silent of and the I, lamb. I still don't understand why she's saying that. I think
0: she says it because it's like an awkward silence in the room. Because it's And that's it's, what she thinks It's it. this extended it's this extended <laughs> moment where all the women are like at their computers, like whatever, and it's silent, and then suddenly Maya breaks in and it just goes, The silent of the lamb. The silent of the lamb. Uh-huh. <laughs> you are the silent of the lamb. <laughs> And then that's it. it is I'm gonna the, do this from now on. But I but
2: I love that because that's the kind of like real awkwardness that I want from a reality show yeah. where they just have no idea what is going on. And also like it's part of this. There's a very soothing monotony to mm-hmm. this show. I want like nothing. I like when nothing it's happens. This, it's yeah. just there's a like, lot of talking. It's just like level. it's not. There's I I don't like. I mean the drama is whatever. It's fun, I guess. But like. I kind of like when they're just sitting around trying to be vaguely interesting, mostly just
0: chit-chatting. Mm-hmm. I think we're done talking about Selling Sunset, but that was great. <laughs> I'm never I, done, I but it. I appreciate it. Uh, I mean, do you do you recommend it to to people generally?
2: I have to know a person to know if they would like it or not. Mm-hmm. It's not like what you're going to get watching a Housewives show. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. It's, it's like for people who enjoy um, the white noise of certain reality TV. Mm-hmm. And it's very much a white noise show for me
0: me too I and I was on the computer during it mm-hmm. I cleared it in an afternoon yeah a lot of listening
2: but I I didn't I did enjoy it it's just not like deeply compelling drama it's yeah. nothing
0: perfect for an afternoon yes um but before we end I just want to play one call because we do have a call in line you can call in and tell me what you're obsessed with it's 754 call Bob yes that's the the phone number 754 call Bob we got a good call about the OA I'm just gonna play it now and we can talk about it briefly afterwards.
3: Hey, Bobby, I think we need to talk more about the OA. Um, I'm really glad that you brought it up briefly in the last episode. Um, But I feel like everybody loved the first season so much, and nobody's talking about the second season, and they need to be. Everybody's all focused on the stupid Mueller report coming out and the stupid EU banning memes and the Brexit situation. And uh, I really think that the uh, second season of the OA ends with the ten most audacious minutes of television, uh, ever presented. And I think we need to uh really freak out a little bit more. We need to focus up. And, uh like, I can picture, like, an AOC, like, rant on the House floor about how over the top the last 10 minutes at the OA were and, like, how nobody could have seen that coming and how, like, they kind of pulled it off. And uh I just – I need – I need more people to be talking about the OA. So if you could bring it up again next week, that would really come deeply appreciated by me. Uh, thank you very much.
0: So Jaya and Lewis have not watched the OA. No. I haven't We're watched, totally useless here. Yeah. I haven't watched the final episode because I'm sort of saving it. I told Jaya this earlier, but just to show you where the OA kind of goes, it's the second season is pretty different from the first just because it gets even more off the rails and it, becomes more of a mystery and has more, like she says, just like these audacious moments. But there's a scene where you kind of think you know what's going to happen to Britt Marling. This is a spoiler. It's fine. It won't really do anything because oh, I yeah, really I'll don't for, know. What yeah, I yeah no, I'll I have forget. no idea. You won't forget this, Louis. Oh, okay. There's a moment where a curtain's open on Britt Marling and you're like, why is she being strapped to a chair by these like kind of men in BDSM gear? What's going on? And then she, the curtain's open and she doesn't know what's happening. And there's like an audience in front of her and then the lights turn on and not only is there an audience in front of her, there's a giant tank of water behind her and inside is an enormous octopus. Oh, I did hear about the octopus. And the yes. octopus grabs on to her wrists and then connects its little, you know, suction cups and then begins communicating with her telepathically.
2: Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: This doesn't explain anything about no, the show. No, yeah,
1: no. You, you no told one. me this. I have, I have no, no idea who this any of these people are. Like, why? Yeah.
0: It's unlike Sabrina in that it's 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 incredibly cinematic an episode ends and it just sort of like you gotta keep going yeah and it feels like one very long movie but the movie is very gorgeous and strange and it's a little it's silly but it's done so earnestly and it's done so uh, it's made so well and it has this like very singular vision you you respect it more than you get kind of freaked out by it.
3: Yeah,
1: it's funny. And I think I I was saying to you at one point that the OA is one of those shows where everyone I know who's watched it either is like this caller and is like, AOC needs to be talking (laughs) about this on the house floor. That's how important it is. I agree. Uh, And yeah, Green New Deal and Oculus God. The OA, yes. Um, And then... (laughs) And then everyone else I see is just like, I hate this show. Oh yeah. And it is like one of the most divisive things I have heard of mm-hmm. recently.
0: But with that, we're going to end. It's time to it's time to end this. So thank you, Jaya <laughs> and Lewis, for coming. We've talked so much about these shows. Thank you so much for coming. We will be here in two weeks. You can call 754-Call Bob mm-hmm. with your own obsessions. We will play them at the end of the next episode. Until then, see you later. Bye. 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 Bye.
3: <laughs>